Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station. Back to local programming for the rest of the morning and, well, the entire afternoon. Into the evening hours tonight, we welcome you to KXNO as we talk sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list lines up this way. Uh, bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman will be here from The Athletic. We will recap what uh, transpired in Columbus, what we think might happen this weekend as far as the depth chart that may or may not be out. Sounds like divisions are going to remain in place for next year in the Big Ten. Yes, there'll be more Big Ten West, Big Ten East uh, for next year prior to the arrival of the two California schools. So Doc broke that uh, piece uh, here this morning. We will talk to him about that at 10, at 11.30. Uh, to kick off the second hour of the program, Matt Snyder's going to be here. Bama will, uh, and Trent and I will recap college football, talk college football tomorrow in that spot. But Matt's Snyder, the World Series, the two teams have been determined. It's the Phillies and the Astros. Uh, if you like the Phillies, it's about plus 160 on the uh, team that calls Philadelphia home. So we'll talk to Matt Snyder, who will be on the road at both of the uh, World Series destinations throughout the length of it. And then uh, Nick Oson will slide on in here, Iowa State. Back on the gridiron this week, an 11 o'clock kick at Oklahoma. The following week, their game time has been announced. The West Virginia game will kick off. At 2.30. That's great. On ESPN Plus, if you're not going to be there. ESPN Plus has that one. That's not as great. Not as great. Is that the, I know it's the for sure second. Is it the third game that they've had over there? Ohio. Uh-huh. Southeast Missouri State. So this will be three. This will be number three. Seems like an inordinate amount of games parked over there, but um, that's, the, that's the way that the uh, uh, TV... Uh, assignments were passed out here today. So that's what we know up until now. Will we maybe find out about Iowa? Or are they placed in a six-day window, the Purdue game? A lot of Big Ten games have been have been held back. In fact, all the games right now are TBD for that weekend, for the November 4th weekend. And I would think Iowa-Purdue. I mean, isn't that destined for 11 o'clock ESPN2? Yeah. By the way, the game that was the Northwestern game that was listed as two o'clock forever, right. it's now two thirty. Yeah, they moved it back last week. Did that? Is that when it was? Yeah. Uh, escaped me. ESPN two has that one. Um, yeah, probably so. It's, it seems like it's got eleven o'clock written uh, all over. And it. I'm hopeful because I'm going to be hanging out at Stadium Swim that day. Are you? That's at right. Circa. Nice. Got a cabana there for my wife's fortieth birthday party. Very so, nice. Yeah, we're uh, we're very hopeful because that's a night game. It's really going to change the plans. We got it for the whole day, but we don't have mm-hmm. it for the evening. Getting everything figured out, but looking forward to get back out to Vegas and see our friends. Lucky duck. Oh, it's going to be great. Uh, speaking of everything figured out, I, we have to start with Iowa uh, and what we saw this uh, this weekend. Trent, you've been saying it for weeks, and I'm now on board. Um, it, it sure seems like we're, we're coming to the end of the Ferentz era uh, in Iowa City. I know there's $42 million. Mm-hmm. I know that's a very difficult check to write, but... Um, don't you have to ask if there's a way to get out of this? It just seems like everybody needs a fresh start. I, I just think that the Ferentz fatigue is set in. Before you jump on your phones and say, look, we've been here before. We have. He's worked his way out of it at least two other times. He's 67 years old. College football is changing. You need a quarterback that can, um, you know, that, that's got a little mobility. <sighs> 
you're going to have to fire your son. It's not going to be on Gary Barta. Gary Barta made that very clear on Saturday when he said that Kirk will approach, Kirk will review everything at the end of the year. Wait, wait, wait. But I was told. Yeah, we thought so, too. I was told that Gary Barta is the superior Uh to Brian Ferentz. I think it was a slip of the tongue when he said that. And that's Mm -hmm. the first thing that jumped out at me, that it's going to be up to Kirk whether he does with us offensive coordinator. And um, nobody truly believed that he's answered to Gary Barta. We knew that wasn't the truth. But come on, Gary, at least try to carry the ruse out. The question becomes, and for people that want to see an easy way to get out of this, does this become litigation? Did did the university skirting the nepotism rules that are in there for a reason, and we're seeing them play out in front of our eyes right now, is this something that can be litigated and saying, Gary Barta screwed up. This Mm -hmm. is a fireable offense. Kirk Ferentz screwed this up. This is a fireable offense, and you don't owe $42 million because Mm. you did this workaround. You said Mm -hmm. Gary Barta was going to be the superior, and Gary came out and said, no, that's not true. He said... Well, we'll see what Kirk has to say. About. Exactly. He said it came out of his own mouth. Yes. Nobody put that. the words in his mouth. He said that after the game on Saturday. Class Trent, action lawsuit from season ticket holders? <laughs> what? <laughs> Trent, I just keep coming back to the fact the, the stadium sold out this year. Yeah. Every single game. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye fans wanted this to work, wanted it to work, and no one wants to see the Ferentz end era. And it's been a remarkable era. You know, when it's all said, has it been missteps? Of course. They're still litigating one now that we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's been a hell of a run. A hell of a run. Do you really want to, you know, taint it? Because that's where we're at right now. He's not coming back from this one. He's not. It's not going to miraculously, miraculously turn it around in next year, the following year, whatever. It's not going to happen. Yet we've seen this happen across college football. We saw Georgia Southern earlier this year pull an upset against Nebraska, moving up and down the field with a transfer quarterback from Buffalo. Guy that was good, athletic, could move around. They were running the triple option last year. Mm -hmm. If Kirk wants to survive this, if he is really willing, then he needs to turn over the reins to a real offensive coordinator. Yes, He needs to say, zone blocking scheme was great for what we did. This is what I know, but it's time for me to take Mm -hmm. my hands off. It Mm -hmm. is me now becoming a CEO, being that head position and being hands off on the offense because this doesn't work. And it's not just this season. It's not even just the last two seasons. Look at, since the rule change happened with cut blocks, how Iowa has not been able to run the football. Mm -hmm. Not consistently. They have not been able to do that now over the last five years. That's when these rules went into effect. And Iowa with the zone blocking scheme, you can't block this way. It's simple. Anybody that has any kind of football like you understands you cannot run the football at the collegiate level running this system because the rules won't allow you to do it. Over that period of time, Trent, the yards per play, they're 124th. 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 Yards per game. Yards per game, 127th. This is since that five-year window that you're talking about. Not just last year. No. This year. This is going back through 17, to 2017 season. Since Brian took over, mm-hmm. this is how bad yep. it has been. No offensive coordinator in the country would have got another year after last year. No, of course not. Not after that. No, one, if your last name is, is right. the same as Dad's. And nobody in Iowa City would have got uh, another year after a no, season like no. that offensively. Yet he continues, and again, it comes down to the nepotism. That's where we are. That's an interesting, it's one I hadn't thought of, Trent, but uh, it, it's certainly something worth exploring if indeed there is a, a desire uh, to go that way and see if it can be removed. Look, you just can't, I, I hate, I, I see it all the time. It's clean house. Mm-hmm. Get rid of Barta. Get, okay, probably a good idea. Sure. But who's going to steer the ship through these rough waters? Mm-hmm. If indeed you blow out the football staff, you write a check of some, whatever that amount's going to be, 
Somebody's going to have to steer the ship. Yes. You you know the athletic department better than I do. Who would that be? I, I have absolutely no clue. There's nobody that is kind of a ready person mm. that you figure is, is kind of waiting, the person in waiting that would be. Right. That and at the same time, Trent, if indeed you did, you can't let Barta hire the next football coach because I don't think he's long for the University of Iowa. And what is he looking for? What kind of program are you looking to? The Iowa job is not an easy job, though they've had now 40-plus years of success. This is what I keep coming back to, Trent. This is why I don't want to see this legacy tarnished. It's mm-hmm. been a remarkable run. You have to be incredibly proud of what this program Absolutely. has been. And the downturns have been incredibly mm-hmm. rare to do this at the consistent level yep. that Iowa football has been since 1979. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. Mm-hmm. But there's also a time where change is needed. Right. Bob Bowlesby made that decision. It helped as as kind of sad as it is that Hayden was going through health problems at mm-hmm. the time. But he made the decision when it was pretty difficult to yep. do. This was a legend. This is a guy that revitalized Without the program. Kirk took over a program and rebuilt it very quickly. That was different with Hayden. And Bullsby had the fortitude and the testicular fortitude yep. to actually do it. Yep. It was a tough choice. Had to be. But he had to do it. Uh-huh. Does Gary Barta have that? No. No. Gary Barta answers to Kirk. Right. And that's what you've created here. Uh-huh. And when you gave him an extension, who was he bidding against? Who was coming to get <laughs> Kirk Ferentz when you gave him an extension last no, year? That's just it. Why you extend it out for an old coach at that? Trent, you have to remind you, they won 10 games. Oh, good God. It, and you won 10 games in spite of your awful offense, mm-hmm. your awful son, trying to coordinate it. What are they trying I to do? I don't call him an awful son. Awful, <laughs> he's not an awful son. Awful, he's awful at his job. Awful son. That's the offense. Awful <laughs> offensive coordinator. Right. That's your son. Right. Yeah. Brian Ferentz, Kirk's son. Yes. I'm sure he's a wonderful young man. Well. I mean, I don't know. Kind of seems like a meathead to me. But well, maybe. Yeah. I haven't exactly heard glowing reviews from mm-hmm. people that know him mm-hmm. either. But no, that true. aside, yeah, you can be an a-hole. Yeah, you're good get results. Your yeah, get results. You can be that. Yeah. But when you're the worst offense mm-hmm. in the country, this is historically bad. Mm-hmm. This is, we're not just talking at the Power 5 level. We're talking about offenses just in general. I got this note over the weekend uh, from my buddy Biz that I do a podcast with. And talking about just over the last, I think it's last, since the Kirk era, they're trending to be like the sixth worst offense in college football mm. during that period. Mm. It's unthinkable. It, it is. And, and, you know, the defense, they wore down on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I, you can understand. I mean, there's a lot of three and outs, and they're back on the field a ton. Look at this first quarter. This This game... Should have been a blowout after 15 minutes, and they're hanging around in the game. You finally play Padilla. It was, it was inevitable, yeah. right? What was going to happen? This kid doesn't get the opportunity in practice. So let's throw this little nugget out here that you shared with me prior to in our four or five minutes we spend together. You're part of Chad Leistico's. What is that text thing that he does? The text group, yeah. If you're a subscriber to the Des Moines Register, you can get Mm -hmm. on this. And it basically, just some insight, some inside information from time to time. Things he's working on for articles, different ideas, kind of throws it out there. And Chad said this, nothing official, but based on what I'm hearing, I would expect Spencer Petras to be the starter this week. Coaches see a big gap between one and two. Mm-hmm. Depth chart will come out later today, presumably. Based on what KF said after the game, I would expect him to name a starter tomorrow rather than play coy all week. 
Well, I thought they would do the latter. I didn't think that. I thought that there would be an or on the depth chart, but I was wrong. If indeed Elisticov's information is right, mm-hmm. uh, I thought that it has to be Padilla. Right? It has to be. You have to. It was unfair. Unfair is not the right word. It was asking a lot to put him into the second half mm-hmm. when seemingly that they were. You know, they were going. There, there was no hope of a comeback. And miraculously, they were going to change quarterbacks and, and and find a way to come out on the right side of the scoreboard. That wasn't going to be the case. But once you did that to him and you threw him to the wolves for the final 30 minutes, you had to give him an opportunity. Um, Two turnovers in the first three plays. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. Now, the second one wasn't his fault. No, but, no, that was a But the first one was. The first one was. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know what? Maybe could have helped him. We won't know because this is always hindsight. But I don't know. Giving the guy a couple of snaps in a game mm. when you have the worst offense in the country and statistically mm-hmm. the worst quarterback in the country, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe give him a couple of snaps and he doesn't fumble the first snap that he takes mm-hmm. of the season in front of 105,000 people yeah. down big. Maybe, just maybe, that would help a little bit to calm the nerves and just, he hasn't gone through, he hasn't no. taken a snap since, what, December? Since December. Since December. <laughs> well, let's count the spring practice. We right. took a few there. Um and, and, and people that cover the sport around the country are feeling bad for the Iowa defense. Yeah, absolutely. The, the guy from the Cleveland Plain Dealer who asked, I mean, he asked difficult prickly questions mm-hmm. uh, at the press conference. Good for him. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he sees parents once a year. That's, I mean, he's going to, you got a little bit more that. courage. Once every five years. Anymore. Once every five years. Or he yeah. seems in Big Ten media right. days, yeah. but that's a different setting. But, um, and then wrote just a scathing piece at Cleveland.com. I'm sure if you're listening to us, there's a pretty good chance you're aware of it or you've maybe uh, taken the time to read the piece. Um, um, but think of coming up with that column too. You're writing. You're covering. Ohio, you're covering Ohio State, and that's what you come up uh-huh. with. That was a columnist. You have a little more free reign. Yeah. You know that is something that we miss. The Mark Hansen of the world. Yeah. Sean Keeler. Sean Keeler. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We just don't have that anymore. Nope. nope. You know, Halas is a columnist, but Halas is a little goofy. Oh, a little. <laughs> He's a different. Cat. Friday night, his football scores cracked me up. Oh yeah. The, the, the made-up teams. Uh-huh. Um, He's just weird. He's a different guy. In a good way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And even when he writes a negative type column, it's just, it doesn't have the same teeth mm-hmm. as some of those guys mm-hmm. that we've mentioned in the past. And we don't have that anymore. We, nope. We've seen the evolution of the newspaper, though. I mean, it's mm-hmm. become buddy boy newspaper, right? Well, certainly to an extent. You don't, it's, difficult, it's difficult to write a scathing piece. Yes. And that's not because you're going to lose your credentials, but you're going to lose your subscriber base. And that's what it is. And that's what I mean. Look at I'm I'll never read that rag again, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Well, it's, it's and I think Chad does job. a really good oh, job I do with too. it. I do, too. When there's negative things to be yeah. written, he certainly does. Yeah. But it's just... It's different than it once was. Yep. No, because, there's no question. Because that subscriber well, Trent, base is different. This venue's different, for God's oh, yeah, sake. Way different. Yeah. Just coming in and, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to rip the Iowa program no. right now because it's deserved. Right. We don't have to worry about credentials either, though. True. And, and that kind of thing. It's just, we see, we talk about what we see. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's untenable mm-hmm. at this point. So, Which tells me we're, we've come into the end. I hate to say it, but I think see, it's and over. I, that's, that's where I break off, though. I just don't see Kirk walking away. I really don't. I, it's going to have to be forced. It's going to have to be a way where mm-hmm. Barta says, Brian's fired. Mm-hmm. Deal with it how you will. Yep. I think that is the only way that I see Kirk walking away from it. And I need you to make these other changes, Coach. Yes. <clears throat> offensive is, line. Yep. You, you have uh, to 
you have to change what yeah. you're doing offensively. We need you to get. To, we need you to. Um, can't whoever the offensive coordinators that's going to be hired, and we're going to be part of that hiring process. Mm-hmm. We're going to write. We're going to want somebody that does it this way. Maybe that's what gets him to move to. Look, he's 67. Yeah. How much more does he want to take? It's forty-two million. He's made scads of millions of dollars. He's got piles of cash. Has he made a hundred million dollars, maybe. Overall? I don't know what he's made. Well, you know, if you added it all up, right. probably not quite there. Um, I mean, he's taken his PR firm with him on the road. Yeah. Um, that, I don't know what they're the going to do at Cleveland.com. Right, Wickstead. That's mm-hmm. where Andy Garman works. Yes, he's right. That's where he works. I don't know if it was Garman on the road with him, but. Um, it's just a miserable situation. And again, I keep coming back to it. You fans, you snapped up every single available ticket for this year. Coming off a division championship, mm-hmm. expectations, the defense mm-hmm. has lived up to the billing. Special yep. teams has been good. You did that despite knowing that probably you're not going to get a new quarterback. So, play one. You roll out Spencer Petras to his left, something he physically cannot do. Right. He is physically cannot do it. We have who, seen this now for three years. Who is he throwing to? Well, the, the person that was sit, the safety sitting underneath. Mm-hmm. That's who he's throwing to. Mm-hmm. I don't see that. That's you have two weeks, and this is what you come up with: mm-hmm. a play that he can't run, that he does not have the physical capability. Mm-hmm. Again, this is coordinating an offense. This is what we talk about with Brian. It's not just pulling plays out of a hat, and that's what it feels like a lot of times. No deep shots in the game. I understand the limitations of this team. A wide receiver screen to a tight end on the edge that gets hit on third down and nine. The only big plays they had in the game, and this is another reason it felt, you remember that last, really the last two seasons of Hayden, how many third and longs they run Mm -hmm. a draw play? And Gavin Williams, Mm -hmm. his longest carry of the game, Mm -hmm. was on one of those. He was on third and 14, and he fumbled it out a yard short of the first down. But that's the similarities that you're seeing. Eh, Well, this is what we got. And there's just not a whole lot there. Mm. How offensive line can be this bad, even with all the young guys, it's because college football has changed. Yep. The running game has changed. Yep. And Iowa has not been willing to adapt and change with it. And this is where you're at. This defense is really, really good. To slow down Ohio State in the fashion that they did. Yeah, they gave up 54. Mm-hmm. But they're on the field all game long. All game. Their offense gave them absolutely nothing. nothing. And this is what you come up with. Mm-hmm. And this is what you have to deal with time in and time out. I'll Phil Parker. I mean, how would that guy survives without an aneurysm? Like just watching. <laughs> well, he's making a million a year. So. That helps. <laughs> right. That helps a little bit too. But if you're Phil Parker, he's had SEC offers before uh-huh. to run defenses. Is this the time to just walk away? So you know what? I've done all I can do here. Mm-hmm. It's it's time for the last stage Lack of my of life. Support. You know, Phil Parker is is not a guy, and we've heard this many times. He's not a guy that head coaching nope. is anything that he wants to do. He loves. He loves coaching, mm-hmm. and he loves now working on the defense, but also doesn't want to be a CEO. Wants right. his own gig. You take that three, four, five million dollars that you can get to be a coordinator in the SEC, and hey, let's do it. Yeah, because he's no spring chicken either. No, absolutely. You get that call from you know, a pro. Oklahoma. What does that phrase mean, by the way? Are chickens born in the spring? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I, guess. I think Easter. Okay? Get a little chicken. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's where it comes from. But yeah, Oklahoma gives him a call. Come down here. Here's four million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Fix what we have going on right now. Go down. Auburn, new staff coming in. Those kind of jobs that are going to be open. I wonder if Phil looks around. Because this... This would be the time to do it. Dealing with this... Yeah, this would be the time to do it. It can't be enjoyable. Yeah. Unless the new coach is told he's got to keep Phil Parker. And you can't do that either. 
No, it's it's a tough ask. Yeah. But but why wouldn't you want to keep him? Right, right with the results that he's had uh, every single year. Does, I don't know. It just seems like we're at the end. I, see, I and I don't fall, think we're there. See, and I wouldn't have Trent, but after watching this this past weekend and seeing how it's just, it's awful. I mean, Ferentz stood to his credit for twelve minutes, eleven minutes, and forty five seconds or whatever, and answered questions, and some of them were prickly. I did not get the email with the transcript of the post-game press conference. I, was, I did not see the transcript. I actually saw the video Same. of it a couple places. Yeah, because I was good. waiting. I got mm-hmm. the box score right afterwards, as mm-hmm. you always do, and waiting and waiting, and it never came through. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just me or if other people on that list also didn't get the transcript. It wasn't a pretty one for Kirk. Yeah, and Gary Barta did not help himself with his no, response to that, uh, to that question about um, it's going to be up to Kirk. All right, other things from the week. And thank God Iowa State's back this week. Mm-hmm. So we have to spend a whole first segment talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, look. And, and Iowa Northwestern, 31 and a half. The, the total? My God, I couldn't believe. Have you seen a lower total? Never. I don't think I have either. Well, I remember, what game was it that it was around? Oh, the Iowa Rutgers game when it was like 35, went down to 34. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time, there was the Iowa-Wisconsin game that went off at 34, 33 and a half, something like that, was the lowest, at least most databases go back like 25 years that they had. Nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Army-Navy isn't like this. No. <laughs> 31 and a half. Unbelievable. Any other college football scores from the weekend jump out to you? Oh, let's Oklahoma see. Oklahoma State game? That was that was a wow. That I, was that was a wow. Yeah, uh-huh. I absolutely did not see that one coming. After getting down in the fashion that they mm-hmm. did, to come back like that, banged up. And did you see the quote after the game? One Which of the one? Uh, Oklahoma State coaches said, "You know, you look out there. There's not a whole lot of Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Yeah, there, right. A lot of F-150s yeah. and more blue collar." But it's true, right? Spencer Sanders is a tough son of a gun. Yes, that was my takeaway from the weekend. Oregon was unbelievable. I did not see that coming. I loved UCLA in that game. Uh, something's wrong with uh, – well, I shouldn't say that. Syracuse has got a pulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to, I think, have to scrape my knees and jump on the Michigan bandwagon. Yeah. Starting to think that I missed there on them. LSU beating Ole Miss. Uh, Brian Kelly, he can coach. He can, can he? Yeah. Yes, he can. Um, Look at how that offense has improved. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. And Daniels, the guy that... Was was, a, he, he was eh, early, but last couple of games... He was okay at Arizona State, and yep. now here he is, and he's he's doing thing against mm-hmm. SEC defenses. Mm-hmm. So he can't play the game. Well, you know, it, it's just... Because what do we see? SEC quarterbacks that leave the SEC. Well, of course. Bo Nix, of course he's good. He left the SEC. Well, it's happened the other way. Yeah. Guy went from the Pac-12 to the SEC, and he's playing pretty really, really well, and Daniels. Um, other than that... Minnesota. I thought when they scored at the end of the first half, we might have a game. Right. Boy, that whiteout is pretty spectacular, isn't it? Watching that on TV. They see why Tanner Morgan hasn't lost his job, huh? Yeah. Whew. No, you can't. The Greek kid? Mm-hmm. He's not good. Had his moments in the first half, but not in the second no. half. We caught up with him. Um, I think maybe Oklahoma State, maybe one of my bigger takeaways mm-hmm. from the weekend. That was really impressive. Uh, World Series, just uh, real quick on this. We do. We now have our teams. San Diego, thank God I cashed out half my tickets on Friday. Yeah. I did. I took the payout. You did? Early. I did. To half of them. Now, I went down with the you know the others, obviously. Sure. Um, but cashed out half of them on my Padres. There's something about this Phillies team, Trent. They just have that look about them. You know what I mean? There's just one of those teams that just gets on one of these rolls. Now, let's be clear. They're <laughs> about to come up against uh, the 800-pound gorilla awaits in, in Houston. I think it's going to be a good World Series. The you way do. the Phillies are playing, I think it's going to be a good World Series. 
Minus 185 for the Strohs. Phillies plus 160 currently at Circa. Mm-hmm. You'd be willing to take a stab at the Phillies? You going to buy out of some of your Astros? No, I'm not. I'm not You're touching not. them. I'm not buying any Phillies. I'm, I'm in. If, if, the, if the Phillies win, good for you. I'm kind of the same way. I, I have Astros tickets kind of all over the place. Yep. We mentioned some of those parlay championship parlay tickets that I have. I don't see any way. In fact, yesterday before Game 4, I had an extra Astros ticket because I think at the time they were minus 140, something like that, to win the World Series mm. before they had clinched. I said, at that price, i got to get a little more Astros because the gap is pretty significant, I think, between them and the Phillies. So what happens in New York? They want Aaron Boone's job. Yeah. It's time for Brian Cashman to go elsewhere. Uh, is it? I don't think He just so. ran up against a really good team. Right. A better team. A better team. He just lost to a better team. Mm-hmm. He got swept by a better team. I mm-hmm. don't understand that's probably a big part of it here. If you lose four games to two, all right. You're close. We got to do a little more retooling. We got to re-sign, ju- re-sign judge, and we'll figure things out for next season. But getting swept, plus it's New York, <laughs> the pressure cooker there. Well, both teams, yeah. both teams. We thought we were going to have a subway. Well, we didn't necessarily, but certainly the city thought there was subway series. Here we go again. Kirk Ferris thought he had a tough one on Saturday. That's every press conference yeah, if indeed. you're working in New York. All right, we'll take a timeout. Um, is the key- keyword must be over? I don't have keywords in front of me. Do you I got you got the keywords. Uh, it's time for what? What are we calling this? A thousand dollars. Thousand dollar chance for a thousand dollars. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Word. Grand. Right now. KXNO.com. That's where you go. Just put in the keyword grand. It is your chance at winning $1,000 in this nationwide contest. All right. Grand at KXNO.com. There you go. Miller and Condon. We will come back. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic joins us. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. KXNO. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. We take you until 1 o'clock. Murph and Andy come in at that time. And then KXNO Drive, uh, Heather and Sean take you home 3 until 6. Scott Dockerman uh, covers the Big Ten, covers college football, and writes, uh, and, and obviously Iowa, uh, at The Athletic, and he joins us. Doc, let's, we can, we'll save the, uh, the Ohio State game and uh, what lies ahead for just a moment. Uh, your piece this morning, uh, we'd wondered what the Big Ten was going to do as far as divisions. Was this going to be the last year of the East versus West? We know that uh, in a couple of years that the two California schools, they will be part of it, uh, but it uh, sounds like by your reporting this morning that the Big Ten East and West, the divisions will stay in place for at least another year, Doc. Yeah, that's the case. They're going to they're going to stick around and just, just mainly because uh, there, there were just so many unanswered questions about the future, and they decided that rather than make one gigantic move and do it, uh, you know, for 2023, and then make another one for 2024. That it made more sense to just go ahead and, and say, let's just make all the big existential type changes, 
in 2024. Let's just continue with the status quo one more year. And, and there are a lot of reasons for that. I think, number one, you, you do have kind of a disagreement, I guess, about how many protected foes teams would have, you know, whether mm-hmm. the Big Ten, uh, whether somebody might want to have three, you know, like Iowa or two, like Michigan or Minnesota or uh, zero, like Penn State or, or Rutgers or Maryland. So I think that's really kind of at the crux of the debate. And then, but you look at it from a TV perspective, they have new partners next year. Um, if you're to, to recycle and reshuffle all the games, you might not get Penn State, Michigan, for instance. And that's a really big ratings game. And you might get instead, uh, Minnesota, Penn State again, or Michigan, um, Illinois, which, you know, again, Illinois is a good team this year. They might have won the division, but it doesn't quite generate the move the needle nationally the way that uh, Penn State, Michigan is. Now they could gerrymander it, but that's, that's different. So, uh, and, and then you also look at, and this is kind of weird, especially being in the West part of the world, uh, you, you have, um, you know, you could have two races. So even if this one is <laughs> laughable to some extent, you could still have really good matchups. I mean, Purdue, Illinois, if this was a one division league, wouldn't matter. But if, but for November 12th, that's going to be a big game. So, I think overall it was just a decision. Let's just stick with it one more year and then unveil this one big change for 2024. So I posed this to Ken last week. When we know the structure is going to change with the additions of UCLA and USC, of the remaining seven members, though, currently that are comprised of the West, who are you buying stock in, say, over the next five years? You know, who, who can compete? with that upper echelon, including the new schools and the big programs in the East. Is there anybody left that you would buy stock in right now out of these Big Ten West uh, teams, the seven that are remaining? I, well, I think that you what you do is you try to look back historically and how those teams have competed when it was a one-division structure. And, mm-hmm. and Iowa and Wisconsin were able to do that when it was Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Now you had you know, sprinkling the Western schools, but, um, you know, at various times they were very, very competitive, um, even before there was a championship game. I think you look at Nebraska, the, they have the infrastructure to be good. They just haven't had the coaching to be good. Um, so it won't take much really other than a good coach for them to, to vault up into that competitive zone. I, I would say Illinois has that as well. Um, the most underachieving program in the big 10, maybe even in the country where you have, what, 13 million people or whatever in the Chicagoland area and one of the most populous states of the country, and you're the flagship institution, and yet you're you're continuously languishing among the bottom feeders. I think uh, Illinois with Brett Bielema could very well be in that ballpark mm-hmm. the way they were in the early 90s. So I, I, don't, I don't know who I would buy stock in because so much of it's uh, predicted on who gets who has what coach, <laughs> but I do think that those, uh, you know, those four – probably have the best chance at competing in the upper echelon of the new look Big Ten in 2024 and beyond. Doc, uh, did Gary Barta uh, perhaps um, get himself in a little hot water with the comments that he gave to the, and I don't know if it was a full media scrum or if it was just, uh, I don't know how you say his last name, I think it's French Lame or whatever, Doug from the Cleveland Plain Dealer, cleveland.com. When, when he was asked about you know changing offensive coordinators and his response was, um, we've had downturns before, Brian's been on the staff for 12 years, Kirk will evaluate him and he'll evaluate all the other coaches and make plans for next year. We know that it's just a, um, you know, uh, a, I don't know, roost type of deal. Brian does not report to Gary Barta. 
on paper, he does, but he really doesn't. I mean, Kirk's going to make all the decisions. But to get around the nepotism angle, we're told that um, the, that he does. Um, I don't think Gary Barta helped himself by that response. Kind of, um, you know, there's, he didn't leave anything to be interpreted, I don't think, any other way than Brian and Kirk. Kirk will ultimately make that decision on his son. Well, I mean, I guess you can interpret it that way. I mean, we, we all know that sure. it's Kirk's that, 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 you know, evaluates it. And Kirk, I, su- I suppose, would then recommend to Gary and Gary would make the decision. But, you know, Car- Gary's not out there every day. And, and, you know, just like he's not out there on every wrestling tournament with, with Terry Brands or, or whatever. So I, I think that, yeah, we, we could certainly interpret it as that. But I think we're also grasping into just about anything here to, to look at. I, I don't see it as, a, as an issue there. Um, he does report to Gary officially. I think there's so much more there that um, that we can pound uh, Iowa on, and, and rightly so, but I'm not so sure that this is anything that uh, that merits it, just one simple conversation. The offense needs complete fixing, and it can't be with Brian Ferentz trying to do it. Do you believe... If it is basically said to Kirk, this needs to change. If Barta has the stones to do it and says, this offense needs to be completely revamped. Zone blocking does not work anymore. Is Kirk willing to do that? Or at this point, at 67 years old, he said, nope, I've changed before. I've adapted before. I'll figure this out on my own. What's a more realistic scenario? Oh, that's a good one because I don't know. I mean, I, today I did kind of a fact or fiction for some and, one of them was, do I trust Kirk Ferentz to make the right staffing choices? And I put fiction, <laughs> but I do trust Kirk Ferentz to get get the Iowa back to being good. I mean, and it sounds hypocritical, but you know, will he make that choice change on Brian? I think it would be awfully difficult to bring Brian back mm-hmm. in his current role um, for a million reasons, and or near a million. But I think part of it is just simply what uh, what they have not accomplished. I mean, this is the worst Big Ten offense I've ever seen, and, mm-hmm. and statistically you could say in, in the history of the Big Ten because the offenses have changed so much over the last 20 years that it's hard to even comprehend this one versus one in, you know, 1978 or, mm-hmm. you know, going back to the 60s. I mean, you know, frankly, it, it is the worst, and it shows. And, uh, you know, when you only have <laughs> five teams over the last, uh, since Kirk Ferentz has been in, in as played as head coach at Iowa, that have fewer yards uh, yards per game, it, it just shows that this is this absolutely needs to change. Now, the zone blocking scheme, I think, is fine. It works in the NFL. What you have to do is do a lot of different things with it, not just run the same outside slant and expect it to all you know be the be great unless you have an Alaric Jackson block. So, what does he do? That Brings to be seen. That's Kirk's call, and you know he's got a contract through twenty twenty nine. So I don't know if anything will change, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the most frustrating part and the most watchable part. Is if everything stays the same, I would not be surprised if we saw forty percent drop in season tickets for next. And, and that's what's going to change, Doc, because mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm hearing more fans just fed up with the program. It seems like, and you hate to say it, that apathy is setting in because once it does... That's a big problem. That's a huge problem. I don't know if you come back from that nine years left on the contract or whatever it is through 2029, $42 million or not. There comes to a point where it's a business decision and you um, you got to weigh the cost of doing business. I just... 
forty percent. I don't think is an unfair number to put out there, Doc. I don't. I think it's untenable at this point. I really do. I don't see how. Yes, we've seen we've we've seen downturns and they make a comeback before. But he's sixty seven years old. Does he really want to do this again? Does he have one more in him? I remember saying that last time. Does he have one more in him? Well, he did. Does he have another one? I don't know, Doc. I don't. I just don't see it. So you will be shocked. Um, if he decides just, you know, just, I've had enough. It's been a great run. Um, let's end it at this, at this point. I won't be shocked with anything. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at the end of the year if that was the case. It wouldn't surprise me. You know, I mean, let's face it. The best path could be for Brian to get another job in somewhere, whether it's the NFL or even with, you know, another team as offensive line coach, maybe offensive line run game coordinator, which I think he is really good at. Um, I think he was really good at, at Iowa. Uh, but the passing game is something that Kirk, Brian, everybody just needs to back off. They can't do this anymore. It's it's embarrassing. I think that's probably where it's gone from being aggravating, angering to Iowa fans to it, a complete and utter embarrassment. And it's not even really funny anymore. I think, you know, like I, I work for a national outlet and we have conversations every week and it's it's gone from ha 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 to like <laughs> oh my gosh this is so bad that they got to do something because it's so unfair to that defense. I mean I'm not I don't think they would have beaten Ohio State anyway. Right. But man they played hard mm-hmm. and to, to to give the ball up six times plus a fake uh, field goal or punt that didn't work out and to put it in their own backyard you know four times in the first half uh, inside the 35 yard line. What are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Nothing. You know, everything they did was wrong from every aspect. And so they have to have a complete and utter reevaluation. And if they don't, if they decide to status quo it like they did last year, which people were very mad with anyway, this time around, um, they'll lose all the equity that Kirk has yeah. built up and a lot of good equity will be gone. Did they, did, uh, did they call the punt or was, did Taylor do that in his own? I remember Joel Klatt bringing that up in the broadcast. He thought that might have been on him. He just decided you know, maybe it's there. I'm going to take off. Or was that called, Doc? Do you know? He did it on his own. Mm. And uh, you could tell from the blocking that even Turner Palisard was the one player that was kind of in front of him. And he would have blocked somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, I think Tory, what he saw was everybody turn around and, oh, well, I have a chance here. And, but he waited too long to make that decision. You know, either punt it or uh, take off. Don't kind of half step and, unless you're, you know, Julian Fleming or somebody on the <laughs> other team. And he punted very poorly after that, too, which is different than what we've seen out of Torrey. Iowa's offense hasn't scored a touchdown in the past 28 possessions. Think of that. Just a number two chew on. Uh, I know you weren't on the beat at the time, Doc, but at the end of the Hayden era, contracts were completely different. Do you remember offhand, or have you done the research in the past, how much, how many years were left on Hayden's contract? How much, how much money was there? Because Bowlesby made the tough decision very quickly. He said, the time is now, and Hayden moved on. Now, also, there was sickness that was a part of that as he was going through cancer treatment. But do you remember offhand, it's something that I've been wondering here over the last couple of weeks, exactly what the contract structure was there in the late 90s? Well, I I was sort of on it. I covered it. Um, I was working for the Muscatine Journal, my first uh, job out of college. But specific to the number of years, I, I don't know. It wasn't the same as what this is. You know, there were... There was a discussion that it was two more years, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily Bullsby fired him. I mean, it was really 
nudged him in that direction, and everybody kind of knew that that's where it was going to go. It, it was just it was forty nine to seven in that final finale against yes. Minnesota up yep. there. It just you just knew it was the end, um, and he made and the decision was made very quickly, and then they went on a full scale um, you know coaching search, five different people uh, met at different airports and mm-hmm. um it was very I, I did an in-depth story on that one of my first stories for the athletic it was about ten thousand words on how iowa ended up with kirk ferentz what happened in the bob stoops interview that turned everybody off and bob for that matter uh, so it, it was a fascinating kind of changeover that's for sure but um yeah, it, I don't know the specific numbers. That that part I never did get into. But Hayden was seventy, and and he looked way older than seventy at that point. Uh, when the depth chart comes out at some point today, who's going to be listed as the starting quarterback? Is Petrus get his job back? Uh, you know, I hate to make those predictions because I would have thought after maybe week one and two that's I was kind of <laughs> told they were going in that direction, yeah. and then it then oh, the head coach vetoed it. Um, so. My guess, my would be that it, it's going to be have to be, um, you know, uh, Alex Padilla. I mean, you don't make that change and then just say, "Well, yeah, we were just kidding." Um, Spencer played as poorly as he ever has, and he's mm-hmm. played, had a lot of bad games. So, I think at this point, you, you've got to make the change, and you've got to just see something different, anything different. It could be the same shade of, of a color that's not very bright, but at least it's something different. So I, I would expect Alex Padilla to get the start because he, he played pretty well against Northwestern last year. Did Petrus uh, meet with you guys after the game on Saturday? No, no, it was just Alex. Just Alex, gotcha. Uh, thank you, Scott Darkerman. What you got coming up this week at The Athletic? Uh, yeah, I uh, you know today, I, of course, we had the story about the um, – I did the – for some four picks on uh, factor fiction on Iowa, I, I also had that story about the um, the, the Big Ten uh, situation, and then I also have another one on basketball coming later in the week, and and then having uh, you know whatever happens at tomorrow out of out of Hawkeye land. So we'll just uh, we'll play it by ear this week. Never a dull moment. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate you coming on. Talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, guys. Yep. Thank you, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. All right. Uh, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish up uh, hour number one. Hour number two, we'll start it off with Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Do a little MLB with, uh, with Matt. Nick hosted on Iowa State as they get back into uh, play this week. Oklahoma, 11 o'clock kick on Saturday morning. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 in Urbandale. And welcome back to Point Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. A couple of notes yesterday from the NFL. Uh, terrible for Brees Hall that it sounds yeah. like his season is in all likelihood over. Nothing official as yet from the Jets. Of course, I was watching that game as they were playing the Broncos. The Jets were and uh, at one point, he went on a 62-yard romp. I saw Pro Foot. I think it was Pro Football Focus tweeted out after that run that no running back had run quicker this year oh, than wow. Brees Hall. 22 and change, I think he got to. That's good. Oh, he's moving. And he doesn't look like he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of just glides. He's, uh, I hate to say that the same. <laughs> Eric Dickerson was special. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Right? But they, I never thought he was as fast as he was. Mm-hmm. And Brees Hall, even when he was with the clones and you go one of those, he's, he's leaving these guys behind, but they must not be that quick because I don't think Brees Hall's that fast. Well, think again. Uh, Brock Purdy, dead wrong. 
This guy is he played, never going to throw fast nope. in the NFL. He did. Good for him. Really good for him. The worst part of the NFL this weekend, a uh, story that's breaking this morning, the two officials that greeted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they walked off the field in the tunnel, mm-hmm. and two officials waiting for Mike Evans to get his autograph. Can't have that. It's the end of their careers. You can't come back from this. No. I'm not be I'm not this is not over the top. You cannot do this. Plain and simple, period. What led them to believe that this is okay? And how many other autographs have they right. uh, been able to obtain in their career? What an embarrassment on the league. It's a black eye. I don't believe there's anything nefarious. I, I We'll find out more, obviously, about this story. It very well could be, hey, my kid loves Mike Evans after mm-hmm. the game. Hey, I got an opportunity here. I hopeful that that's what it is, mm-hmm. but you just still can't do it. Or I'm on the board of a children's right. blah, blah, blah. Yes, yep. And We're going to put this in the silent auction. And maybe. But there's times and places right. for that. You know what? If you're in an front official, of the cameras and the, and the public, you're going to do that? You can get to a PR person, explain exactly. the situation, yes. and make it happen that right. way. You can't do it in the bowels. No. As and the PR person asks yes. on their behalf. Right. These Not officials like march right up to him. And asked him to for an autograph. Tom Brady, woof. Aaron Rodgers, woof. Who would you believe between those two? This is something actually I want to dive into a little bit more, maybe tomorrow with you. We'll leave before the end of the season. Retire and mm. walk away. Because I could see it because of their personalities with either of them mm-hmm. and just how unhappy well, both and, of them And Brady's look. got another layer to it. He does. But Rodgers is also a different kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a weirdo. Yeah. And he just say the hell with it. I'm well, walking away. I'm going to go. Did you read peyote in, in the Amazon jungle or something <laughs> right. with with my witch girlfriend? Did you read his lips at one point when he walked? Did you watch much of that game? No. You're lucky. You're yeah. lucky. What the bleep are we doing here? Plain it was as day. Uh, it was a lot of red zone that I had on. We had trunk or treat yesterday. So what's that? It's uh, we go to our church and open up the trunk. Candy. All the kids come oh, by okay. in their costumes. Yep. So we we're handing out candy. And nice. It was red zone for me. Hour number two coming up. We'll start with Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Nick Oson on Iowa State. Mr. Monday Night's got an appearance. We're here until one. It's Miller and Condor.